Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome to this episode of the Heal Everything podcast. I have a special treat. I have a guest who is my friend. She is like family. She is my sister. And tonight's episode, we are talking about toxic avoidance. This is part of our series on sacred sisterhood. Y'all know how much I love to talk about sacred sisterhood. And the word on the street is that Dr. Vicki Johnson is the GOAT. (laughs) (laughs) If you are talking about sacred sisterhood, it's going to be very difficult to have that conversation and she not be present because she has demonstrated for years in the marketplace and in the world how to bring women together in a very nourishing way. And so I am excited, Dr. Vicki, that you are joining the Heal Everything podcast. You've always supported me in everything that I do. And I don't take that for granted. I'm very happy to have you here. So let me tell you who she is. Dr. Vicki Johnson is a transformational speaker, a chaplain, a spiritual wellness practitioner, She's the best-selling author of 12 books, and she is the founder of Soul Wealth LLC. Her most recent book, Soul Wealth, Finding Vision, Compassion, Authenticity, Abundance, and Legacy in the Midst of Chaos was released August 2019 and is absolutely phenomenal. She supports women leaders via her Soul Wealth Academy, and her mission is to guide women to manifest abundance in every area of their life, build their own tribes, grow their own businesses or careers, and create the life that they truly desire. She believes that in every moment, we live at choice. It's because of Dr. Vicky that I'm walking around here saying, agree with God quickly. (laughs) She's a graduate of Howard University. Dr. Johnson mentors women to break up with the status quo in their lives, to be great in the mirror first, then amazing in the marketplace. And her daily podcast, The Soul Wealth Radio Show, is available on all podcast platforms. The show can also be heard live each day at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on dcradio.gov. Her mission and passion is to strengthen relationships among women, by sharing life strategies for next level results. With over 35 years experience in the entertainment industry, she is an Emmy Award winning media professional who worked at BET Network for over 18 years. She currently serves in the Mayor's Office of Cable Television, Film, Music and Entertainment for the District of Columbia on the film team and other special projects. Dr. Johnson is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, National Association of Black Female Executives in Music and Entertainment, and the Women's Speakers Association. She enjoys hiking, swimming, spending time with family and friends, 
and working on her family's historic preservation project. You can learn more about her work at VickiJohnson.com. That's V-I-K-K-I johnson.com and one thing vicky that you didn't put in your bio is that you love to drop it like them knees you got the megan knees <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be in your bio. oh gosh every time i see you do it i say that girl is strong <laughs> girl is strong so thank you again for being here you know how much i love and adore you I love and adore you, and thank you for having me on this magnanimous platform that you have built, reaching the world and empowering, inspiring, encouraging women to include me. I'm really grateful to have this conversation. So thank you, Tama. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that feedback. I wasn't planning on podcasting, Vicky, but... Um, I got nudged in that direction. I'm so glad that I did. We've got nothing but amazing feedback. So let's talk about the impact of toxic avoidance. So I wanted to have this conversation because in the work that I do with women, a lot of the wounds that they come in the process with me are either mother wounds or sister wounds. And I find that women have a learning curve and understanding how to recover from things such as disappointment, um, betrayal, right? But even in some of our personal conversations, when I've been trying to work through issues with women, you've always brought a grounding energy and you're a straight shooter. <laughs> so you have a skill set that I would love for my listeners to hear around what do we do when we love our sister, but we are having some issues? And how does that play out when we start trying to avoid it? Because I think avoidance can be toxic when you're not dealing with what's really happening. What's your perspective on toxic avoidance? Well, that can be toxic. It is toxic. Um, anything that we don't deal with deals with us right mm -hmm. and frequently mm -hmm. women are dealt blows emotional wounds mental wounds disappointment sometimes spiritual wounds sexual wounds frequently as girls mm -hmm. and Women, just hands down, we can handle pain better than guys, right? Right. We birth babies. We 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 can be sick and keep going and you never know it. So my point in sharing that is that women are conditioned to operate and function and flow in spite of what's going on, especially with us. Frequently our pain, our issues, our frustration, our sleepless nights, most of the time has nothing to do with us. It has to do with people that we love or people we are connected to because inherent in every woman is a nourishing, nurturing muscle that somehow gives us the message or we interpret the message as it is my responsibility to care for everyone else at the expense of myself. Mm -hmm. Having said that, 
when we get our feelings hurt, if we have not been allowed, I will say, or given permission to say how we really feel, it's not something that is natural for most women. We swallow our truth Mm -hmm. and move past it. We make note of it. (laughs) We file it away and gradually begin to build up walls and barriers so that ideally the intent is that we will not get hurt like that again. However, unless you deal with it, what you create is a magnetism, if you will, where you begin attracting the very thing you are trying to avoid. Now, see, that's so divine, Vicky. I want to have us pause a little bit because I literally was going to ask you your perspective on this quote from Return to Love by Marianne Williamson. And she says, we create what we defend against. And that the only way to overcome the separation is to heal. So there's a real cost to toxic avoidance and not having the skills. I think it's a skill set to know how to, for example, use your words or um, let those walls down to try to get the love that you want to experience. What do you think happens psychologically in the heart of a woman when she's shutting down and avoiding things? And how can she begin to break that pattern? And reckon Her trust her? has been violated, period. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like her trust has been violated when, when you dial it back and you, you peel away the layers and you get down to the root. Yeah. It's about a violation of trust. I trusted you but you violated me sexually. I trusted you, but you shared a secret you promised not to tell. I yeah, trusted yeah. you and you said you would be loyal to me, but you betrayed me. You chose the other person over me. It's a violation of trust at the end of the day. And when our trust is violated, we feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. And so what women are longing for, whether they can articulate it or not, is a safe, and sacred space to be vulnerable, transparent, and supported while healing. And that's Mm -hmm. not easy to find. It's not easy to find because frequently we run to the church or our, our faith traditions only to find nothing but condemnation and judgment, even though we're told (laughs) there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or we tell someone in confidence only for them to mishandle it and consequently mishandle us. So we shut down again. So the desire, the longing really is to belong. Mm. Find space where women look, feel, talk, reflect me, and at the same time, give me space to continue evolving. And we haven't had that frequently. We've not been taught to have that 
And so here we are with a lot of toxic avoidance, which has created a lot of spiritual and energetic abortions and miscarriages. Mm. Deep. That's deep. There's a few things you said that I want to highlight for our listeners. One, you talked about trust. And it makes me think about something my spiritual father would always say to me. It's easy to trust others when you trust yourself. So somewhere within these experiences of being violated, I feel women are taking ownership for things that are not their responsibility. Because it's not your responsibility how anybody else chooses to show up. It's just, you can only control how you show up. So self-trust, I think, needs to be a really necessary tool in reclaiming your power and calling your energy back to yourself. How do you develop more self-trust? What are some of the things you do to nurture that? <sighs> Acknowledging my feelings. Whether they are real or not, acknowledging how I feel, speaking up for myself, reclaiming my voice, being willing to risk losing relationships that I think I need, mm, <laughs> making room for healthy relationships. That can be with other women, that can be within our family structures, that can be in romantic paradigms, marriages, but standing in your truth at all costs, no matter what, whatever it takes. Being willing to take risks, understanding that it's going to be more painful to stay like I am versus the pain of change. Mm. And when the pain of change becomes more attractive than the pain of staying the same, we begin to make different decisions. So making different choices, no matter the cost. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary as hell. Until you get to the other side, right? Until you get to the other side and see what well, yeah. damn, what took me so long? So the real opportunity is to discover that you can get what you need regardless of how other people are showing up if you face what's in front of you. Yeah, and I would just want to say, because it's right, like, right hanging off my tonsil swinging, like somebody swinging from tree to tree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I sense that in that moment that just passed, someone said, well, where do I start? Yeah. And the place to start is where you have the most resistance. Woo. Mm. Wherever you have the most resistance is where you start. And that will be your greatest breakthrough, mm-hmm. which will break open the levee, if you will, or the dam and it will facilitate healing the the lesser wounds 
that are just as important. But wherever you have the most resistance is where you need to start. So if you are used to being bullied by a family member, that's where you get to practice standing up. Mm-hmm. Like whatever, whatever just came to your mind is where you have the most resistance. <laughs> because the thing is, we know. Yes, we do. And that's what we avoid. So whoever's listening, wherever, whatever just came to your mind, that is where you start. Yeah. That is with who you start. Yeah. So if the starting point looks like having a difficult conversation, what are some of the things that you do to prepare for moments like that? To ground yourself, to really, you know, make sure you're articulating what you really want to say? You know, what are some things that you do? I write down what I am thinking not necessarily what I'm going to say. I write down what I am thinking. I don't encourage people to set up a meeting to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Let it happen. Let it happen. Don't call your sister up and be like, on next Friday, we need to have... Yeah, no, don't do that. Yeah. Because the power is going to be in the unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's, for example, them expecting you to respond the way you always respond, but you flip the script and you speak up this time and you say what you need to say and you stand your ground. And that is the beginning of your healing. Mm hmm by saying what you've always wanted to say. Instead of, I'm going to use this, tucking your tail, bowing your head and walking away in shame. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Take some courage. Take some courage. The pandemic has given us all courage. Yeah. In different ways. However that shows up for you. It has raised the value of life and the fragility of life at the same time. So your life does depend on you standing up for you. Mm. That's good. And Mm. other people will stop betraying you when you stop betraying yourself. That's a mic drop. Catch that, write that down. Because people meet you at the level of self-acceptance that you have, right? Yeah. So sometimes we're expecting people to give us more than we give ourselves. And then we create all this resentment and rage when they don't. When sometimes you're running into these scenarios with people because God is trying to run you back into yourself and help you recognize where you can create more love and self-acceptance. So you yeah. end up being grateful at some point for these learning opportunities. Yeah, you do. And every time you stand up for yourself, the gap closes mm-hmm. between who you are and who you know you are really here to be. Every time you stand up for yourself, that gap closes. 
And the ultimate goal is for there to be no gap, for you to be in alignment in every scenario in your life, for you to be the same person in your real life that you are on your social media. Yes, that part. There is no pretense. And it comes with practice. It comes with standing up for yourself. And it comes with being okay when people don't embrace you. Embrace you, period, or embrace you anymore. Okay. It doesn't feel good, but okay. Because the opportunity and the goal is to spend as much time as possible where you are celebrated, appreciated, valued versus tolerated. Mm-hmm. Or manipulated. Mm-hmm. Or controlled. So for someone listening who realizes it may be time to blow up their circle, right? Like I'm surrounded by people who don't really know how to nourish me in the exchange. How do they begin to, in a healthy way, recreate their sister circle and who is in their life? First of all, begin to fill your heart, your soul, your mind with positivity, books, affirmations, meditation. The internet has changed the game. There really is no separation. Look for people who inspire you and listen to them. Watch them, follow them, engage them where possible. Read their books, watch their YouTube, you know, fill up on the energy of power and love and good and kindness and self-forgiveness. Pour love on those places. Pour love on those places that are empty or lacking or deficient. That's number one. Number two, you will know where you are being nourished. Spend more time there. How, how do I do that, Vicky? What brings you joy? And then live the answers. Mm. Live the answers. Every moment we live at choice. So if you know being around a certain group of people or a person just tears your stomach up, gives you a headache, like, oh my God, I, I can't, your energy just drops, you know you get to make a different choice. I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. I'm not available. Because you shouldn't be in sisterhood out of obligation. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. If it's heavy, if it's heavy, don't lift it. Let Mm -hmm. it sit there. Yeah. To include, if they don't call you, don't call them. Stop being the first one initiating everything all the time. Right. Fall back and see how often you are thought of yeah, and how often things are initiated, not by you fall back. And if the phone doesn't ring, the text message doesn't ding or DM doesn't light up. Okay. Pay attention. It's right there in your face. Do they support you or are you the one always supporting? Mm. Are they willing to be inconvenienced or are you the only one being inconvenienced? Like we know 
Kramer. We know. It's obvious. We know when stuff is off. We know. And if you don't have a tribe, you can't find a tribe, create one. Mm-hmm. Start your own. Yeah. Because there, I promise you, there are other women and men who are listening. If you don't have a community, start one because there are people just like you looking for you. That's a fact. Looking for you. So sometimes we are being weaned from the breast, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can now nourish others. And perhaps we are dissatisfied because we are looking for who we are supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) And the satisfaction and the fulfillment and the significance comes when we step into our assignment and live in alignment with the oil that's on our lives. And we're no longer shrinking or hiding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we're not afraid of failure. We're afraid of success because of the responsibility. Yeah, because so much is given, much is required. Yeah, much is required. You're saying such powerful things, and I love how we're just taking our time in the conversation and being very clear. Because I think the key to having successful relationships at every level is being what you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. You know, so if you're looking for authenticity and you're looking for presence and, you know, really, are you that? And I think in sisterhood, sometimes, you know, we're trying to heal old wounds through how we interact with other other women. Um, And we end up creating these unhealthy codependent patterns and unhealthy expectations of each other. But that little girl inside of you who is looking for that acceptance and presence, sometimes you have to say to her that I am your mother now. I am your father now. If there's something you still need, I will give it to you. And I think that vibration allows you to create relationships that are more balanced and more grounded. Because you're not coming in thirsty. Marianne Williamson also says in A Return to Love that when you're starved, you're desperate. And in the section about relationships, she said, I would not have created these cheap thrills in relationships if I had addressed my own desperation. How do we get out of this narrative of I don't have what I'm looking for and really settle into creating what we're looking for? Gratitude. hmm for what you do have, because the truth is there are thousands of people who will trade places with you right now. Ooh. Well, that's deep. I love that. Oh, gratitude. Start start counting your blessings and not your problems. And mm-hmm. that can be as simple as I'm grateful that I can breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm grateful that I have the use of 10 fingers or nine fingers (laughs) of two feet or one foot, you know, that whatever it is, 
I'm grateful that I can see in color because some people can only see in black and white. Some people are totally blind. I'm grateful that I have food to eat. It might not be what I want, but I'm not hungry. Yeah. I'm grateful that I'm not living on the street in the dead of winter. It's not where I want to live, but I have shelter. See, when you begin to give thanks for what is, you can be trusted with more. You can be trusted with more. Yeah. Yeah, because your capacity for joy is expanding through gratitude. Listen, listen, I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So how much joy can you really hold? I want to How much can you stand? Because you know, some people act like they're allergic to joy. Mm. Like because, that brain is a real thing. Yeah, because it's easy. It's be, it's easy to be mad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's easy. And it's just as easy to have joy. Just make a different choice. And you know, this reminds me of what I said in the last episode um, that started this series where I was talking about my experience in sisterhood throughout the years and the pattern of releasing people and how what it began to program in my subconscious was being in a state of chronic disappointment, Vicky. Like I would always feel like it's going, it's going to unravel at some point. So our minds will be prepared, but what you prepare yourself for is how you end up manifesting it. Like if you are preparing for disappointment instead of being grateful for all the positive things that you're experiencing in your life, you know, you will self-sabotage. I agree. I agree. And, you know, I'll give it a personal example. I, I came... I attended college on an athletic scholarship, mm-hmm. specifically basketball. And one day in practice, when my teammates threw the ball at me and I wasn't really paying attention and, and damaged my thumb, I thought it was broken. I ended up having what they call gamekeeper's thumb. Okay. It's, a, it's a thumb that Uh, Those who herd and keep sheep sometimes have when they have to, you know, pull a herd and, you know, sometimes they can extend ligaments further than they were intended to extend, et cetera. So I didn't have a broken bone, but I did have super extended ligaments that required my right hand to be in a cast. Now, I'm right-handed. And I tell you, I did not appreciate my right thumb until I didn't have it. <laughs> that no, seriously, I could not brush my teeth. I could not do simple things because although the thumb stands alone, the other fingers need the thumb. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how valuable the thumb is until you don't have it. Whether permanently or temporarily. And it just gave me an appreciation for my thumb. And it forced me 
constrained me, if you will, to learn how to use my left hand. Mm. So while there was diminished capacity, simultaneously, I got increased capacity using, using what I already had, but was ignoring it because I was dependent on what I always use, my right hand. And after six weeks in a cast, I became ambidextrous. Now I can write with my left and my right hand. Wow. I can brush my teeth with my right and my left hand. I literally can use both hands equally to do tasks now. I never would have discovered that or strengthened the lesser hand if I had not lost use of the dominant hand. Mm. And sometimes trauma and wounds and disappointment and suffering and things that we endure are to get us to pay attention to what we have, but what we have not activated because we've become complacent and have taken for granted that what we've always done will always be. Mm. And so (laughs) the lesson and my gamekeeper's thumb is that don't wait until you no longer have function to discover the wealth that you really do have. You just haven't activated. Mm. Wealth is not just money or things. Wealth is ability, capacity. It is intelligence. It is your voice. It is your joy. It is your strength. It is your resilience. Like, just make a list of what makes you wealthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That are intangible. Make a list of your intangible assets. You'll look at that and you'll be like, man, I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really makes a difference what you focus on. Yeah. Because what you focus on gets bigger. Absolutely. You know, and if there's somebody listening who has a pain addiction, like you're so used to focusing on where it hurts. I invite you in this moment to really hear what Dr. Vicky is saying and what we're talking about and choose another way. Because the one thing you can control is what you decide to set your mind on and focus on. So Vicky, we could go on and on. You know how we do <laughs> when we get in this energy and this kind of flow. And y'all, we talk like this on the regular. Like this is just what we do. And our sisterhood, but I appreciate you for saying yes to your destiny every day. Thank and you. And showing up the way that you do. Um, you are a gift to the planet. You really are. And Thank the you. world is blessed because you bring women together in such a powerful way. So As we begin to wrap up, are there any final words you would like to share with our listeners? Um, And before you share those, I want to let all of you know that she has phenomenal merch. Um, I lit her so well candle as we were preparing for our conversation. 
Um, I love the sprays. I love my hoodie. I was on <laughs> Facebook thigh clapping in the hoodie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Vicky has such an amazing way of giving you tools from the books to the merchandise. She hits you in so many different ways to help you tune into your soul wealth and tune into a community of phenomenal women. Yeah. Um, it has been the soul wealth sisterhood that has been the most consistent sisterhood experience I have ever had. Like these women are the real deal. You don't just hear from them at events, but afterwards in between, like they become a part of your life. So if you are looking for a sense of community, check out the soul wealth Academy and see if it resonates, you know. But Vicky, as we wrap up, um, are there any other final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, my fourth grade teacher, <laughs> his name was Warren Clark. And um, on the first day of fourth grade, he made us memorize this poem. And the poem was, Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good becomes your better and your better becomes your best. Mm. And then in my adult years, probably in the last 15, 20 years, you know, I came across one of my favorite authors in addition to Marianne Williamson, whom I love, Don Miguel Ruiz, Mm -hmm. and the Four Agreements, talking about you know, always do your best. Be impeccable with your word. Don't make assumptions and don't take things personally. Yep. That is that is what I would leave with your listeners. Be your best self. You owe that to you. Mm-hmm. You owe that to you. And and do that so that you don't just leave a legacy, but that you can live your legacy while you are still here. That is the embodiment of soul wealth. I am so grateful for this assignment for the women that I get to pour into and to serve. And I'm grateful for you, Tama, and this opportunity to just share special sacred space with you. I love you. I love you too. That was so good. I don't want to go, but I know we got to go. But that that was so rich. And for those of you who were moved by what Vicky and I were talking about, I'm going to invite you to pop into our Facebook group, Let the Wound Be Heard, um, and just share, you know, what your biggest takeaways were from the conversation tonight. My final words and my charge to you is to face it. Face what's in front of you, not because it's just something else on your things to do list, but because you know that you can, that you have the capacity to take whatever is in front of you and turn it into gold, that you are powerful beyond measure, and that anything that you want in your life, you can have it. You can have it. Don't just be a masterful manifester, also be a masterful alchemist look at the recipe for your cake and life and bake it perfect the ingredients put in some joy put in some 
uh, self-compassion, put in some clarity so that you can execute. Mm-hmm. So that you can execute. So deep bow to you, Vicky. We will always have moments where we get to share our gifts for the people. That's our soul contract, <laughs> right? That's what we do. Um, and I encourage all of you to go to VickiJohnson.com and connect to her movement and her work. And I love each and every one of you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And I can't wait to meet you in the next episode for our series on sacred sisterhood. I got more yummy guests coming in for you and more powerful conversations. Peace and blessings.